Hey everyone, Pastor Kevin, listen, today I have a word from the Lord that I believe is going to be a blessing to your life, strengthen you in your journey. All of us need a shot in the arm in our faith, and I believe that word today is going to do that. Take the next few minutes, spread the word, tell your friends and family this message is coming on. I believe it's going to change our lives, and I want you to hang on till the end. I'm going to come back and pray for your needs, and I believe God's going to touch today. Let's jump into this word and be blessed. I'll be back soon. In your hearing two places in scripture, we find the residue of this spiritual thing that is attacking the people of God, and then we'll leap from the text today. First Kings 21, verse 1. When you have it, say amen. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard which was in Jezreel next to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. So Ahab spoke. To Naboth saying, give me your vineyard that I may get, make it a vegetable garden. What a trade. Because it is near next to my house and for it I will give you a vineyard better than it. Or if it seems good to you, I will give you its worth in money. But Naboth said to Ahab, the Lord forbid that I should give the inheritance of my fathers to you. So Ahab went into his house sullen and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid down on his bed and turned away his face and would not eat food. But Jezebel, there she is, Jezebel his wife came to him and said, why is your spirit so sullen that you eat no food? He said to her because of Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, give me your vineyard for money or else if it pleases you, I will give you another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give it, I will not give you my vineyard. Then Jezebel, his wife said to him, you now exercise authority over Israel. Arise, eat food and let your heart be cheerful. I will give you the vineyard of Naboth, the Jezreelite. Flip over to Revelation chapter 2, verse number 18. Jezebel 2, verse 18. This spirit is not just notorious for what she did in the Old Covenant, but this spirit is still working in the New Testament when we flip to Revelation chapter 2. She surfaces in the church at Thyatira, and in red letters written on white pages, Jesus says these words in Revelation 2, to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write these things, says the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, feet like fine brass. I know your works, your love, service, faith, and your patience. And as for your works, the last are more than the first. Nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow, permit, or suffer the woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality and to eat things sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent of her sexual immorality and she did not repent. Indeed, I will cast her into a sickbed and those who commit adultery with her into great tribulation unless they repent of their deeds. I will also kill her children with death and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the minds and the hearts. I will give to each one of you according to your works. Now to you I say unto the rest in Thyatira. I don't know about you, but I want to be part of the rest. I said I want to be part of the rest. Now to the rest that are in Thyatira, as many do not have this doctrine, who have not, not known the depths of Satan, as they say, I will put, you, put on you no other burden, but to hold fast what you have till I come. And he who overcomes, this is a good reason to give God praise, and he who overcomes and keeps my works until the end, to him I will give power over the nations. For the scripture says, he shall make them with a rod of, he shall rule them with a rod of iron. They shall be dashed to pieces like the potter's vessel I have also received from my father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. Help me, Jesus, amen. You can be seated. I want to preach today about spiritual wickedness in high places. And I'm going to broach the subject that is, uh, if you've been in church any amount of time at all, especially Pentecostal charismatic churches, you have heard the word Jezebel. Anybody heard the word Jezebel, the name Jezebel? 
Yeah, I want to talk about this today because I see in my own personal perspective and from my observation, I see this uh, spiritual wickedness in high places at work against the body of Christ. I want you to understand today, Jezebel is always seeking to infiltrate the people of God. Jezebel is not a spirit that has set up her lemonade stand in the world. Everywhere you see her in the Bible, the spirit of Jezebel is working among the people of God. Uh, in the old covenant, she is, you must understand the DNA. First of all, let me give you these four D's. The DNA of Jezebel. Then we will talk about, we will talk about the desire of Jezebel. Then I will talk about discerning Jezebel. And finally, we will intend to end with dealing with Jezebel. Because how many know Jesus knows how to deal with Jezebel? First of all, the DNA of Jezebel. Jezebel is the princess of a Canaanite king whose name, his name was Ephbael. Everyone say Ephbael. Ephbael is the priest slash king of a nation called Tyre. And it is a Phoenician nation that is dedicated to the worship, the pagan worship of the God of Baal. I do not have time to dive deep into Baalism and what it is. But if you have studied it at all, you will understand that Baalism is essentially a very promiscuous, sexually deviant religion in which the God of Baalism is worshipped and most glorified among his is Baalites through sexual promiscuity and through sexual acts. In other words, the more sexually deviant you become, the more you please the God of Baal. Baalism is a demonic religion and it is in the old covenant you will see it with asher poles that are erected all over the land of Tyre and Sodom and they are worshiping Baal with lewd prostitution acts and lewd sexual acts. They are worshiping Baal through all kind of, um, of sexual deviancy and I'm not trying to be graphic today but the more evil you were the more holy you were in Baalism. The more demonic and the more uh, erotic it was, the more it pleased the God of Baal. It was a confusing religion. It was a demonized religion and everything was about fertility and sexuality and it was the nth degree of evil and it doesn't take a, a rocket scientist or even a prophet to look uh, at the condition of the world we're living in today and even though the title of the religion has changed, the agenda is still the same. It's this sexual hedonism that is running rampant in the earth and this is not just an American problem the nations of the earth are grappling with this evil and this sexualization of everything and we are grappling with not just the sexualization of everything but the confusion of everything that is God ordained in the earth and Satan has attempted to rob identity and to steal the purpose of God even as it regards sexuality and to hijack the intention of God and to pervert everything that can be perverted so that the minds of men and women have become twisted and become perverted themselves and like the day of Noah the thoughts of men were continually evil and it, uh -huh, everywhere you look there is this ongoing expansion of evil and this is the whole premise of Baal and I'm rewinding now because that is where Jezebel Baal comes from. She has descended from this nation. Don't miss this. She has descended from this nation that has a religion of sexual evil and, and this religion of, of sexuality. And now this, this, this spirit that was in this woman that was from a foreign country decides I want to infiltrate the people of God and in order for me to get Baalism where there was Jehovah worship, I got to marry a weak-minded king and take my religion into Israel so that Israel will wander away from the altar of Jehovah. I feel like teaching here today and get Israel delivered de delivered people who had been brought out by the power of God have now wandered away from the altar of the God who brought them out of Egypt and now Israel is full of Asher poles and wickedness is prevailing because this witch with a skirt on this demon spirit working through this woman has allowed this entire nation called Israel to fall away from God and now engage in Baal worship.
She is a princess of Ethbael. She does not just want to operate in Tyre and Sidon. She wants to get into Israel. So in order to get into Israel and to bring her witchery and her spell into the people of God's midst, she has to go through a leader. And she finds a weak leader. His name is Ahab, a spineless toad who, is, who has no voice and no authority. And she uses him and works through him in diabolical ways to bring an entire nation under her head. And the Bible said that the DNA of this woman is polluted. Ahab was a king of Israel. He should have never married a foreign woman from Phoenicia. But the but the history tells us that the reason they got married was not for spiritual purposes. If it were for spiritual purposes, he would have never married her. He married her because he saw her allegiance and her connection to her father who was the king of Tyre and Sidon. He saw this, this marriage as a military advantage and as a business opportunity. You better be careful what you get in bed with because it looks like it will be profitable for you. you y'all not talking to me in Chattanooga on Sunday morning. You better be careful what you get in bed with because it might present some sort of military advantage to you. Jezebel is far more insidious than just wanting to have a marriage. She actually wants to take you away from the altar of the God that brought you out of bondage and into marvelous light. And some people in the name of money get in bed with Jezebel. Some people in the name of a military strategy get in bed with Jezebel. The problem is, the problem is this, when you get in bed with Jezebel, you get in bed with her gods. And so Jezebel is serving Baal. That's her, her father is Ethbael, and she is Jezebel. And it's this entire system of Baal worship, and she's not content to operate outside the church. She wants in the people of God's midst. When you flip over to Revelation, and please allow me the, the freedom today to vacillate between the Old Covenant and the New Testament. The, the New and the Old Testament both reveal things about this spirit that I think are pertinent to our conversation today. So I will vacillate between 1 Kings 19, 1 Kings 21, and Revelation chapter 2. Uh, I want you to see that when this, when this, this spirit is at work, it comes into Israel through an alliance with Ahab. And in the new covenant, it's not a demon that's at work in the world. If Jezebel stayed out in the world, we wouldn't even be talking about her today. The problem is Jezebel always wants to infiltrate the people of God's lives. Jezebel always wants to step in and, and become part of the people of God's midst. And the reason is she has an agenda. That spirit has an agenda to pervert the holiness and the holy things of God. And she knows, it knows that it can't do it on the outside. In order to seduce, I got to get in on the inside. It's quiet today because people have never heard a sermon about Jezebel. But before this day is over, I plan on jerking the cover off of this thing because some of you have been tormented, you have been vexed, you've been staying up late at night crying tears, rebuking stuff you don't know what to rebuke. And when we expose this thing, I want you to know we are not dealing with some peanut butter and jelly devil. We are dealing with powers and principalities and rulers of the darkness of this world. I have talked to young pastors in the last three weeks people that are ready to walk away from ministry walk out of their marriage walk off they don't know what they're fighting one little person started some little rumor and now this thing has bl blossomed and mushroomed into a problem they don't know how to fix what are we dealing with we are not dealing with social eels we are not dealing with political constructs we are dealing with a diabolical demonic spirit that wants to infiltrate the church and to sow discord division and ultimately kill the credibility, the credential, the ministry, still the unction and the oil out of the midst of the people of God. And I want to tell you that that thing is going to be broken in the name of Jesus Christ. There is a remnant that are rising up that will not simply put up with Jezebel. Her days are numbered. Its days are numbered. It's being run out of business. The DNA of Jezebel. I'm 
in a mood. The DNA of Jezebel, she is not of the people of God. But she recognizes her plan doesn't work until she infiltrates the people of God. So she does everything she can to get in. When she gets into the ranks of the righteous, then we see the desire of Jezebel. And uh, the desire of Jezebel, number one, I want you to flip, keep your finger on 1 Kings chapter 21. The Bible said that Jezebel and Ahab wanted the vineyard of Naboth. The vineyard of Naboth. Jezebel always comes after the vineyard, Pastor Gerard. Why the vineyard? Because the vineyard is where the wine is produced from. And I found out that spirit of Jezebel is always after the wine. Oh, y'all don't want me to preach on this. The churches where Jezebel is ruling and reigning, there's no wine in the midst. The wine is always uh, 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 an emblem and an indicator of the presence of the Holy Ghost. You can't have a move of God happening and Jezebel set up camp. Jezebel is intimidated by the vineyard. Jezebel is intimidated by the unction and the oil. You're not talking to me today. Jezebel always wants the vine where the grapes are being grown because if she can steal the vineyard, she can steal the wine that's why churches don't have no joy they don't have no breakthrough they don't have no in they don't have no infilling there there's nothing breaking out there's no yokes being destroyed there's oppression and heaviness you go in and everybody's sitting like a bunch of mummies looking at one another and nobody's got a praise and nobody's got a tongue and nobody's got a, a song and nobody claps their hands and everybody's mad at each other staring at one another uh, and we're only there because of our position and we're only there because my mama grew up in this church we're only there because this has always been my church but there's been no manifest presence of God the vineyard has been sabotaged the wine does not exist Naboth is dead and Jezebel is ruling and reigning that is the desire of this spirit it kills the wine You would be amazed at how many churches have allowed their vineyard to be sabotaged and become a vegetable garden. Read, read the text. The Bible said they wanted to put a vegetable garden where the vineyard was. You know what a vegetable garden is. That's where we come and brag on what we're growing. Come look at our garden. Don't you want to hang out and look at our garden? Don't you want to see our potatoes and our onions? And, our, and don't you want to see our garden? Don't you want to see how beautiful our garden is? No, I don't want the garden. I want the wine. I need the oil. I need the oil and the wokoshaya. I feel like preaching here today. I need the oil and the wine. I don't need a vegetable garden. I need a breakthrough. I don't need another sermonette preached by a deaconette driving a Corvette smoking smoking a cigarette, teaching a sermonette. I need a breakthrough. I need a why. I need an outpour. I need an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. The enemy wants the vineyard. He'll come after the wine. Jezebel will always come after the manifest presence of God. Well, we don't know about four altar calls in a church service. That's just a little extreme. Well, we're a little extreme. We have people who sat on TikTok 13 hours this week and come to church and start looking at their watch like you think I care about. It's two and a half hours in. And uh, do you know where we have to go? I have no clue. And ain't nobody stopping you from going and nobody made you come. I didn't come today to have a, a vegetable garden. I We'll preach here. I came today for a vineyard. I came today for an outpouring. I came today for wine. I don't need a drink of religion. I need a drink of living water. I need an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Somebody shout, let Jezebel know our vineyard is not for sale. She always comes for the vineyard. And here's the thing. She always wants authority. 
And when she encounters someone who has authority, she usurps that authority and she attempts to get her own insidious way by using other people's authority. So if it's the prophet Elijah who has prophetic authority, she threatens him with death. If it's Naboth who understands that his vineyard is his inheritance and not even the king according to law, not even the king of Israel could take that land. And when she sees that Naboth knows, he knows it's his and it's not for sale. Ahab goes home dejected and depressed and King Ahab is sitting in his room sullen, a powder. He's pouting and the spirit of Jezebel comes to console him. Why are you sullen and so uh, not eating and you look so dejected and he says, because Naboth, essentially this is the Wallace Unauthorized translation, Naboth put me in my place. He told me his vineyard was not for sale. God give us some Naboths. How? Oh! I said God raise up some Naboths. Raise up some men of God that say this don't look like much. This may not be big time to you. This may not feel like a big deal to you, but this vineyard is the vineyard of my fathers and my grandfathers and my great grandfathers and to hell with the spirit that's trying to sabotage my inheritance. It may not be much to you, but I will not sell this vineyard. Why don't you slap your neighbor and tell your neighbor this vineyard is not for sale. Uh, my prayer life is not for sale. My children are not for sale. My Wallace family name is not for sale. This city is not for sale. We're not going to cash out and leave Jesus out of it. We'd rather have Jesus than all the silver and gold. It's not for sale. She, she wants the vineyard. She wants authority. She wants ultimately to destroy ministry. In both 1 Kings 21 and in Revelation 2, she has succeeded in trying to destroy ministry. She killed the prophets of Yahweh she thought she killed all of them, but God's always got a remnant. In Revelation 2, the Bible says, uh -huh, her desire is to take the vineyard. Her desire is authority. Her desire is to be in control. That's her end game. But her method is seduction. The word seduction in the Greek, when you see the Bible say in uh, Revelation chapter 2, verse 19, verse 20, when, it said, when Jesus said, she has seduced my servants, the word seduced in the Greek is planao, and it is where we get our English word planet from, and literally what it means is it's a causing of one, to, it, it, it causes one to roam. Seduction is when somebody is walking on a straight path, and a voice comes to the person walking on the straight road and seduces them to roam. To walk on any other path but the right path they're walking on. This is why we have preachers standing in pulpits telling people, you can live any lifestyle you want to live and still get to heaven. It's spiritual seduction. You better hear me. And the reason it's happening and why we're talking about this today is because it is happening. And if it goes unchecked, it doesn't disappear. It gets worse. I'm not preaching this today because I feel like that spirit has root in our house. I'm telling you, I'm watching it infiltrate the body of Christ. And I came to preach in this place pulpit today whether you hear me or have time for me or not I'm really not preaching to you I'm preaching to that spirit to let it know we believe in the name and the power and the risen Christ and there is no other way under salvation given among men whereby you are saved we will never allow a voice to prance into this pulpit and to stand up and tell you all we got to do is hold hands sing kumbaya find our favorite God and we'll all get to heaven one day dress in white 
tonight and sing wonderful, wonderful Jesus history. It ain't gonna happen that way. There aren't multiple ways to heaven. There is only one way. And there are spirits that have come in to seduce and to cause you to roam. A roaming spirit. A pulling one away from the narrow way. Old-fashioned preaching here. And get your eyes on other options. What could be so harmful about it, Wallace? Telling people they can choose their gender. Do you understand that we're talking about things now that we didn't even hear about 10 years ago? We're passing laws now that we could not have fathomed 10 years ago. Do you know why? Because you, you're not making the connection. Some people are not making the connection that evil men don't get less and less. Evil men grow worse and worse. This demonic spirit of sexual perversion that is trying to put its veins in the bloodstream of our people needs to be rebuked soundly, addressed firmly, dealt with in love, but don't back up off the truth. We've got a whole generation of preachers who think the way to deal with this. Okay, hold on a minute. I'm not, gonna, I'm, I'm not trying to do something. I'm... Revelation 2. Revelation 2, look at this, verse number 19. Jesus says to Thyatira, I know your works, your love. I'm getting ready to expose something here. Thyatira was a church of tremendous love. It was known for its love. But Jesus said to Thyatira, I see your love, but I also see your compromise. And I want to say this to the church, a church whose stated vision is to be the most loving church in the world. That's our vision. We want this house to be the most loving church in the world. I hear the Holy Spirit whispering to me, never let your love become an excuse for compromise. Well, we love everybody. We don't want to offend anybody. I don't personally like offending people, but I am going to stand before a thrice holy God one day and he's not going to pat me on the back and say, you made them feel ooey gooey. You made them feel wonderful. He's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I gave you the sword of the spirit. You wielded it in love. You preached the truth and some people jumped out of an evil lifestyle and they came into the kingdom of God. At the end of the day, I want to preach the truth. I cannot help what people do with the truth I can only be faithful to preach the truth and some people say we want to be so full of love as if that is an invitation to compromise I love people we love people we love them so much we want them to do what they want that is not love The desire of Jezebel was the vineyard. The desire of Jezebel was the credibility and the authority. She wanted it. But I don't just want to talk about what she wants. I want to talk about you discerning what she desires and who she is and where it's working. Let me just say this. It's not a she. I've seen some three-piece suit-wearing bishops. I didn't get no help on that. I've seen some three-piece suit-wearing bishops who had a spirit of Jezebel in operation. I've seen some prophetic people and some apostolic people. I've seen reformed people, Baptist people. I've seen Pentecostal people, charismatic people. I've seen everybody of every flavor come under that influence. And if you don't think that can happen, read your Bible. Matthew chapter 16, Jesus says, Who do men say that I the Son of Man am? Peter said, some say thou art John the Baptist, some say thou art a Prelagius, some say thou art a prophet. Jesus whips around to Peter and says, who do you say that I am? He said, I say that thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus stepped back and said, Simon Barjona, blessed art thou for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto thee, but my father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee, thou art Peter and upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And a few verses later, the same man who got that revelation 
Here's Jesus say, I'm gonna go to a cross and die. And that same man looks at Jesus and says, you're not gonna have to die. And the same Jesus turns around to Peter and says, Satan, wait a minute. Is Jesus schizophrenic? No. The man who got the revelation that Jesus was the son of God and that revelation came by way of the father alone. That same man came under the influence of a diabolical spirit and Jesus turned around and said to the same man, Satan, get behind me. Well, is he anointed or is he Satan? He's, he's whatever he yields himself to in that moment. Because every principality needs a personality to manifest and articulate its agenda through. In one moment, Peter, Peter was yielded to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit spoke to him. In another moment, he yielded himself to darkness and the Spirit worked through the same man to speak evil to Jesus. What's the point? Give no place to the devil. Well, I talk in tongues. Well, great. That's what you do when we're watching. But you better be careful what you yield yourself to outside because you can be under the influence of the Holy Spirit on a Sunday and on Monday. Y'all not talking. You got to yield yourself to the Holy Ghost. And this, when I say that the spirit of Jezebel is at work in the church and people resist that, they say, oh no, we're born again. Christians cannot be possessed by devils. We agree that Christians cannot be owned as the sense, in the sense of a possession. If you are a true Christian, you are bought with the price. You are washed in the blood. You belong to Jesus. When we talk about Christians being used by the devil or the work of the enemy in somebody's life or they need deliverance and they're a Christian, I've heard people say Christians don't need deliverance. Are you for real? Have you seen some Christians I've seen lately? Christians need to be rebuked sometimes. Do you understand when you read the New Testament, it is not Paul telling the church at Corinth, every day is a Friday. Live your best life now. Paul got all up in their face and said, you better repent. If you want to keep your lampstand lit, you better repent and keep your heart right. Some of us have opened the door for sexual stuff in our life. We've opened the door for all kinds of things to manifest and to come to, come to bear in our life. And if we don't shut the door, we give the devil a place. So how do we discern when this spirit is working? You ready for this? This spirit works, and you can see it working. Number one, when Naboth said, you cannot have my vineyard, Ahab accepted that. Jezebel did not. What did Jezebel do? Jezebel wrote a letter. Read the Bible. In 1 Kings 21, she wrote a letter about Naboth and spread it all over the kingdom. What did the letter say? This man Naboth blasphemed God and blasphemed the king. And here's how one, one clue you know the spirit of Jezebel is working. It's a false accusation spirit. Ah, Lord have mercy. People are getting their stuff together. I see it right now. Jezebel will try to frame you. Let me tell you something about gossip. I'm, get, I'm, get, I'm, I'm, I'm coming today. I'm coming. You don't know how much I'm coming today. Y'all ain't never seen me come like this one. If they come to you talking about other people, they are going to other people talking about you. I'm coming back here today. I'm not standing up on no stage today. I came hunting for it today. I said if they talk to you and you let them talk about other people, please lay your head down tonight and rest knowing that they are talking to other people about you. And there is a reason why so many people like talking to you. They found out who to migrate to. 
And I want you to know that a spirit of character assassination is an earmark of the spirit of Jezebel. When she doesn't get or it doesn't get its way, it will always infiltrate the minds of people and and it will seek to destroy authority and credibility with false accusation. Naboth was a godly man. All it took was one letter. I love when you talk about this stuff and people get all squeamish and tight. You feel everybody's hind get tight when you start talking like We talk about adultery and we talk about sin and we talk about drugs and we talk about uh, homosexuality and we, we talk about all the evils of the world and we act like gossip is a free pass. Where y'all at? I can't hear nobody talking to me today. I'm, st- I'm a- We fillet people, kill people, open up our mouth and put our mouth on people we don't like. It is a Jezebelic indicator. It is a spirit working. It is not normal. And when Paul dealt with it, he didn't pat him on the back and say, you know, you're a social extrovert. He said, shut up. It's a work of the flesh and you need to keep your mouth off of people or you're going to get devoured yourself. I don't know where in the world this thing ever came from in the church that it is apropos and cool and hip to bash people and tear people down. I've got enough demons and you've got enough demons trying to tear us down. The Bible said we are to use our words to bless and curse not. That's one way to put it. That's true. Jezebel falsely accused Naboth. Do you know there's a reason why the scripture says do not entertain an accusation against a leader without at least two witnesses? Now, let me first of all say this to you. If there is any kind of abuse going on in any church, any school, any workplace, in any capacity, the perpetrator needs to be exposed and they need to be held to the highest extent of the law because how many know we deserve to live in protection? And This is in no wise an invitation or excuse for anyone under the sound of my voice or watching me online. If you have been violated in any way, report it. But Jezebel is so insidious that when she doesn't get her way, she will lie. And she will create stories. And in order to tear down the credibility and the credential of leaders, she will make up things that get her own insidious way. And I've watched it happen. I've seen people lose their life. I've seen people lose everything they have because they didn't understand. And here's the thing about it, family. When Jezebel doesn't get her way, you cannot become passive in dealing with it in your life. Jesus said, I saw your love, your patience, your work, your faith. I saw that, but I got one thing against you. You tolerate. Can you imagine being the pastors of Thyatira and Jesus coming to you and saying, uh, you did good. You had an outreach. You, managed, you had a lot of eggs at your egg drop. All these kids came. You had great, uh-huh. you, you, you had amazing pictures. You took amazing pictures. Everything was so wonderful. It was lovely. You got all this stuff working for you. Your kids department is amazing. Your youth department. But I got one thing against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel. Listen. Listen, here's a clue. Here's a clue that you're dealing with the spirit of Jezebel. She calls, he said, she calls herself a prophetess. Now those are telling words. Why? Because nobody else called her that. She called herself that. I can't find no help. Everybody's uncomfortable. Everybody's like, why are we doing this? Can we talk about living our best life now? Can we talk about money principles? No, because if you get more money and still have Jezebel, you're still in trouble. Uh huh. You can't really have no peace till you get rid of that witch. You can't have no breakthrough till you get rid of that principality. We got to talk about it because it's trying to set up. It's trying to set up a throne, not in the world. If it was in the world, it'd be all right. It's trying to set up a throne in the house of God. He said, you tolerate that woman. She calls herself a prophetess. Be careful with people who call themselves something no one else does. (laughs) 
Well, I don't understand. I've, I've been a member of 72 churches and none of them have seen the gift that I have and I'm struggling to find my place. We see the gift and we see the garbage. You, you can't. You, listen, if, if, if you don't have spiritual roots somewhere, there's a reason nobody can validate you. If I have to come tell you, I'm a pastor, I'm an apostolic leader, I'm a pastor, I'm this, I'm a bishop in the Lord, I'm a, I'm a, if you don't see that because I have demonstrated that, and I'm only trying to get you to believe that because it's my security, where are the people who come to church and be like, where can I serve? Oh no, see, see, everybody's like, oh, okay, the chicken's calling. We got to go on that one. 12, 17. No, sit there and take it. Hold on just a minute. Where are the people who don't come in saying, where's a microphone? I would like a microphone. Why would you like a microphone? Because I have something from the Lord. If you have something from the Lord in time, your fruit will reveal what is on your life. When you, when I came into church, this is different now. I know it's different now. But when I came into church, I didn't come in saying, uh, can I preach on Wednesday night? Can I sing with the microphone? Can I be seen? I came in and said, Pastor, can I go visit? Pastor, can I pray for something? Pastor, are you feeding the homeless this Tuesday? Pastor, are you going to the jail? See, I'm killing everything right now. Because people, there are so many people who are wanting to be seen. And when they're not seen, they get mad. Let me help you understand something. The only one that's worthy to be seen in this house is the king of glory. May we all decrease so that he might increase. I have one thing against you. You tolerate her. You permit her. And watch this. She is teaching and seducing. Read the text. She can't seduce unless she has a platform to teach. Because in order to deceive someone, you have to have that person's ear and you gotta fill it with false, untrue things so that you cause them to roam. So you have these servants at Thyatira who are doing real good. And Jezebel started teaching. And she got an audience. I don't even have the time. But Jezebel always has a way of getting an audience. And she always talks like this. If you ever encounter Jezebel, it will sound something like this. When, they're, when the person operating under the influence of Jezebel is against you, they always come to you and they say something like this. Everybody's mad at you. Everybody? Yes, everybody. Everybody. Everybody's so mad at you. You don't even know everybody. You got four true friends in your whole life. They don't even like you and you know everybody's mad at me. Have you ever heard people who try to drive you crazy by telling you everybody's mad about that decision? I just want to let you know, I've heard a lot of people, they're all mad. Let me help you leaders understand something. If you make a decision and nobody got, didn't get mad, you didn't make the right decision. <laughs> Jezebel has a way of winning the hearts of people through teaching and through seduction. Why am I teaching this day? Because I want you to be aware. Because the end game for Jezebel is not just, oh, we, we had to have a little prayer service. The end game for Jezebel is that you stop traveling on the road you're traveling and you get altogether lost. I suppose this came out of a place I've been journeying through lately with spiritual sons and young pastors. It would break your heart if you had to listen and be on the other end of the phone that I've been on recently. Listening to young men who are losing their marriage. Because I haven't talked much about this, but the reality of it is, because the reality of it is this, the reality of it is seduction can be spiritual. But seduction can also be sexual. And I'm trying to keep somebody out of the bed with her. Or him. Right. 
because seduction will take you off a path of a whole healthy family and it'll start showing you other ways. And I'm going to tell you this about Jezebel. She will not stop until she steals all of the credibility, the unction, and the oil out of the ministry. That's what her job is. And when she finds somebody strong, she threatens them with death. Look at Elijah. How do you call fire down from heaven? Pray a 63-word prayer. Fire falls from heaven. And the next day, this spirit says, I'm going to kill you. And he runs for his life. And I've seen it happen. I'm not talking about 10 years ago. I'm talking about two weeks ago. Pastor who were walking away, just walking away from the ministry. And when I start taking inventory of it, I say, how is this happening? They started out so strong. And when you start tracking it, you start discerning it. It's got the fingerprints of Jezebel. There was some seduction. There was some resistance to authority. There was some false accusation. There was some promiscuity. I was telling this story at Cleveland. There's always somebody. When you got the spirit of Jezebel, you always think you're better than you are. Like you get this pride about you. I was maybe 24, 25 years old. We were over at the old, old campus of Ottawa, the first building. We might have been running 100 people. And I was standing there, coming out of my office. I believe I was going to the sanctuary to teach. And this woman was waiting on me. She was holiness. Y'all, that confuses some of y'all, but her hair touched the ground. No makeup on. Looked like she bounced off the back of a Conestoga wagon from, from Little House on the Prairie. When I first saw her, I thought, ooh, this woman is, she's holy. Until she got up near me and cornered me. I'm talking about cornering me. I was walking backwards into a corner, her finger in my face and her daughter who looked like some chick out of the children of the corn. I'm sorry, y'all don't know who I'm talking about so it don't matter. But they had me hemmed up in a corner and I was, uh, uh, I didn't know what to do. I was in my church. She pointed her finger in my face and started saying, you know man of God. If he was a man of God, you would see the anointing on my life. If you was a man, she kept on going like this and I thought, I don't know what I'm going to do. This woman is about to push me through this, this corner. Of this. I have no clue. And all of a sudden, my five foot wife. She walked out of that sanctuary. She said, hold on just a minute. Get your finger out of his face. And some of y'all can't handle that, but you're going to let Jezebel set up a lemonade stand in your house. And my wife wasn't going to have it, and I'm not going to have it either. She rebuked that woman. That woman grabbed her child and her husband and his trombone, and they ran to the car, and I never saw them again. I want to tell you, if you let her and tolerate her, she will run over you. But greater is he that is in you than the one that is in the world. We're going home in a minute. But the last thing I need to talk about is not how you discern it. It's not how you see the DNA. It's how you deal with it. Because I want to tell you, Jezebel must be dealt with. You cannot tolerate it in your life. You cannot ignore it when you see it in your life. When it comes, you touch your neighbor right now. Tell your neighbor it's time to deal with it. Some of you are dealing with it on your job. Some of you are dealing with it in your family. Some of you are dealing with it at the church you go to. There's a preacher watching me right now dealing with this spirit. It's trying to run you out of ministry. It's trying to keep you up late at night and talk you out of your future. It's trying to tell you God's hand's not on your life. It's trying to tell you everybody's against you. Zoom in on my face. The devil is a liar and the father of all lies. I want to tell you if God before you preacher, who can be against you? I know the enemy's howling and hissing and trying to run you out, but God told me to tell you if you'll deal with it, he's about to send his glory. If you did that at Messiah, if you deal with it, he's about to break through. Jezebel has had her throne. Jezebel has had her perch. Jezebel has had her day. But slap your neighbor, tell your neighbor, deal with it, deal with it, deal with it. Oh my God, if you can find somebody who will deal with that spirit, I'm not going to be intimidated anymore. I'm not going to 
going to run from that name anymore. I'm not going to be afraid of what she might do to me anymore. Greater, greater, greater is he that is in me than the one that is loose in this world. Look at your neighbor one more time. Tell your neighbor, deal with it. Don't let it manipulate you. Don't let it manipulate you. Deal with it. Don't let it intimidate you. Deal with it. Don't let it dominate you. Deal with it. You have the authority to trample on scorpions and serpents and Jezebel and all such manner of the enemy. Slap three people. Tell them deal with it. Deal with it. It's going to be broken over your house. It's going to be broken over your family. It's going to be broken off of your business. It's going to be broken off of your ministry. It's going to be broken off of your marriage. Deal with it. So how do you deal with it? I'm closing here. How do you deal with it? Well, in order to learn how to deal with it, you got to first recognize 2 Kings 9 teaches us about the last chapter of Jezebel. And the last chapter of Jezebel is 2 Kings 9. Watch. And Jehu Oh Lord, oh Lord, Jehu was not a Yahoo, Jehu was a newly crowned king, but he had a military background. Y'all miss what I said. When God gets ready to deal with Jezebel, he doesn't go get a limp-wristed leader who is all about kumbaya. He goes and gets a military strategist who understands what the weapons are. And I want to remind you of what Paul reminded the people. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down. I said the pulling down of every stronghold. And what I want to tell you before we leave today is that if you're going to have victory over Jezebel, you cannot be getting run over every time you experience her presence. You got to make up your mind that I got the weapons of war. I got the bottle armor of the shield of faith. I got my head shod with the preparation, and my feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I got on my helmet of salvation. I got on the breastplate of righteousness. I got my loins girt about with truth. And devil on my hip is a loaded weapon. It is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And if you mess with me, I'll pull it out because I'm authorized and duly deputized to use the word of the Lord against this power and principality. Gotta go. Jehu got oil from the top of his head to the bottom of his feet. He got anointed for this assignment. Got in his chariot and was riding toward Jezreel. And Jezebel's people saw him coming. And when they looked out the window, they said, uh-oh, Jehu's coming. He was notorious. He had uh, a reputation of being a mastermind and just a treacher in, in terms of military. And when they saw him, they said, Jehu's coming. And they said, how do you know it's Jehu? And they said, he drives like a madman. Bad to the bone. When God gets ready to deal with Jezebel, he's not going to send no sissy. It's going to be somebody who got some spiritual girth. Somebody got some authority. Somebody when they get on their chariot and start running, hell knows it's coming. Oh, come on in here, church. I'm telling you, we've been polite to our own destruction. We've been watching all these principalities and powers set up their lemonade stand and the church is singing kumbaya and somebody has got to get the authority of the name of the Lord and tell the devil, get out of my mind and get under my feet. They said he's driving like a madman. And there's that Jezebel. And she starts painting her face because Jehu's coming. And everyone said, she painted her face to seduce him. Oh, no, she didn't. She painted her face because queens in that day and time knew that they had to prepare themselves for death. In other words, when I die, they're not going to take no picture of me looking all messed up. When I die, I'm gonna have my face. She knew she was about to die. So she painted her face to die in dignity. I wanna tell you right now, Jezebel is, she's putting on her makeup now. 
it's not to seduce because the spirit the spirit of seduction is broken right now in the name of Jesus she's not painting her face to seduce she's painting her face because she knows she's getting ready to die let me break this down I got to go right here but the Bible said that when Jehu came don't miss it when Jehu came he came up to the throne he came up to the palace and he looked at that print that princess of Baal Jezebel sitting up in the window and he said is anybody up there on my side and four eunuchs said yes and she had tried to ruin their life by robbing them of their intimacy and they were over Jezebel I'm going to tell you who's getting ready to help us overthrow the spirit of Jezebel it's not the church people who've been sitting up in Sunday school all their life it's the people who Jezebel tried to destroy but they survived they're about to be used by God to throw that rascal out of the window God is about to use some people who thought they were going to die but they lived and God's going to use them Is anybody up there on the Lord's side? Touch your neighbor, tell them I'm on the Lord's side. I don't know whose side you're on, but I'm on the Lord's side. If God wants to use me to, to fight against that principality, I've been through hell and high water. It tried to destroy my life, but I'm still alive and let God be true and every man be a liar. If you're a survivor, if you're a survivor, then thankful you're still alive. Somebody open up your mouth and shout. I want to tell you if you thought you were going to be destroyed but you're still alive it's time to make that spirit pay it's time to drive the devil right out of your house it's time to drive that devil right out of your future I almost quit on this one because she fell graphic I know but her blood splatters against the wall and they go to bury her read the text they go to bury her and what is left they went to bury her body this is in the bible and when they went to bury her body Erica, they could only find her skull her hands and her feet and we always talk about jehu killed jezebel he killed her body but the skull represents that her mind and the way she thought kept on activating it kept on operating her hands represent that she uh, what she did was still in operation her feet when they found her skull it was an indication that her mind was still being uh, used her feet were still being used her hands the way she operated it was still in operation that's why she shows up in revelation 2 and everybody's like wait a minute we thought she died oh no they killed the body but that mindset of Jezebel kept on living. And that's why it shows up in Thyatira chapter two in Revelation. And she's all in the church, not outside the church, in the church. I got news for you. When Jezebel shows up in Revelation two, they don't go get Jehu. They go get Jesus. Ah, oh Lord. I'm thankful for the anointing of Jehu, but I'm gonna tell you there's one greater in the room today that's greater than Jehu. He's greater than the oil of Jehu. There's another one whose eyes go to and fro, and the Bible said he knows the minds and the hearts of all those who sit in the church. And I wanna tell you what he said about Jezebel. He said, I loved her so much I gave her time to repent, and she didn't get her act straight. So I'm gonna cast her in a bed of affliction, and I'm gonna judge her, and everybody that doesn't repent that's sleeping with I'm gonna judge them too and don't miss this I'm even gonna kill the kids you say that oh pastor how can you say that I didn't he did I don't think it meant Jesus going around terrorizing the children I think what he's saying is this I'm getting rid of her offspring because how many know sometimes you see people and they act one way and they die but their kids act just like their mama and daddy and they carry on that 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 history i'm going to tell you right now jesus is about to put an end to the future of jezebel's offspring in your life some of you have been dealing with this and i'm done but you've been dealing with it long enough it's time for jezebel to come down high things everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of god pull it Stand with me. Pull it down. 
Some of us need to dedicate our lives to God afresh and anew. And we need to say, I'm not going to be a dominator, a manipulator. Some of you need to break free from people who have been trying to dominate and control your life. You have permission to break out of that. You don't have to live under that squeeze of Jezebel. Some of you are running for your life trying to escape her threat. It's demonic. It's robbing you of your joy. It's robbing you of your peace. You are actually anointed and you forgot it. Because Jezebel has a way of making you think you're one thing when in reality God's opinion and his idea of you is much greater than the one you have of yourself. And typically you're believing the lesser report because Jezebel has persuaded you to believe you're not all that. Let me help you understand something. Jezebel is nervous that if you ever discover who you are, her threats won't hold you down. Grab your neighbor's hand. I want to pray for you today. This is in jobs. This is in business. This is in families. This is in churches. It is a sign to infiltrate and work against the people of God. And the reason it works against you It's because Jezebel understands God's favor is on your life. In the name of the Lord, Jesus Christ, right now, I rebuke this spirit of Jezebel. I come against her assignment. Yeah, that's right. I come against its assignment to cause hopelessness. persuade men and women of God to believe that they'll never be used by God. To seduce people into lukewarm living. And they are abandoning their inheritance. Today we reject the invitation of that spirit. We send it back to the sender. And we tell Jezebel, you have your own party. We're not coming. You have your own party. We're not coming. In fact, I need you to pray with me right now over this house. God, today and in our future, we declare that spirit will not seduce. Would you help us today, Holy Spirit? We need you. We need you. We need you. Lord, we need the truth. We need courage. We need the anointing. We need the oil. We don't want to see spiritual seduction. God, I'm asking you right now, what has become normal in our generation, don't let it become normal in us. God, give us a backbone of steel. Give us a faith. Give us a faith that is tenacious. Give us a faith to hold on. Give us a faith to keep the works as you said to Thyatira. Lord, we understand that there are some people who have embraced that doctrine, but God, we give us the truth once delivered to the saints we pray for it in the name of the Lord I pray for every person right now in this place who is under the influence of that spirit I pray for a prophetic oil to begin to flow over their life right now. I pray for a grace to begin to flow that will break that thing off their family, off their mind, off their home. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, right now. It is, ex it is as simple, Lord, as exposing and renouncing that diabolical principality. And today, God, we have exposed. And today, God, you are giving us the authority to see the power of Jezebel broken off of minds, the influence of Jezebel broken off a of generation. Father, I 
pray for preachers, for song leaders. I pray for leaders in the kingdom of God who are watching me right now who have come up under the auspice and influence of that spirit. I pray you will break them out of a cave. Let the word of the Lord return to them and bring them out so that you can begin to use them for your glory again. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Let's give God praise all over this room right now. Come on. Praise him because Jezebel, not because Jehu did it, but because Jesus did it. Come on. Praise him because the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. How many know the name of the Lord is greater than any other prayer? In fact, this is only one Sunday. I'm not talking about it anymore because there is a spirit at work in church, in this church, in the church of the living God that is greater than any other spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. Somebody give God praise for the work of his spirit. Seal the word, seal victories. People have come into revelation today, seal the revelation, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Go in the peace of God, we love you. Be blessed this week. Keep the enemy under your feet. May God bless you as you go this Sunday. Hey family, I believe God is touching hearts right now. The preached word of God causes the lost to come to Christ. I believe someone's watching. Maybe you feel a million miles away from God. Maybe you've been in church. Maybe you've never been in church. Listen, I want to tell you that it doesn't matter where you are in life right now. If you want Christ to save you, no matter what you've done, and no matter how long you've been doing it, if you'll turn your heart to Him, He'll save you right now. I want to lead you in a prayer. Say, Dear Lord, I confess that I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I'm asking you to save me from my sin. Save me from myself. Lord, come in and be the king of my life. I give you my past, my present, and my future. And I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to rescue me today. In Jesus' name, by faith, I believe that I'm saved and a child of God. Amen. Listen, friend, I know that's a simple prayer, but I believe with all of my heart, salvation is as simple as turning from sin and turning to Christ. If you did that today, I want to pray that God give you a strong Bible-believing church. I want you to go to kevinwallace.tv, learn how the resources that we have can help you in your journey. Listen, we want to pray for you. Drop us a line on the prayer request. Let us know you gave your heart to Christ. And our team's going to be praying for you this coming week. You're going to get stronger. You're going to grow deeper in your love for God. You'll become everything He put you on this planet to be. I'm praying for you. I love you. I'll see you next week. God bless.